Welcome to Financially Ever After, where award-winning and nationally recognized financial expert Stacy Francis will bring you savvy tips and words of wisdom on how to secure your financial future before, during, and after divorce. For 30 minutes every other week, you'll hear personal stories from women who have either faced or are currently facing this transition. In addition, you'll also soak up knowledge and inspiration from the industry's top legal, financial, residential, and mental health professionals. And now here's our host, Stacy Francis. Great to be here. I'm really excited to kick off today for Financially Ever After. And yeah, I have to say, I never thought that I would be in the working in the area of divorce. Um, as a little girl, uh, you don't find too many people uh, going up to their best friend who might be seven as well saying, I really want to become a divorce financial planner. <laughs> no. So, you know, how did I get here? Yeah. Um, it was a it was a path that is somewhat of a painful path. And that's because one of the people I I love the most in my entire life, my dear grandmother, um, never left her marriage. And when I finally had the courage to ask her why she stayed, she shared something with me that changed the direction of the rest of my life. And I will never, ever, ever be the same. She said that she stay, stayed in her abusive marriage uh, because of money. Hmm. And with that, um, I knew I no longer had an option about whether or not I was going to learn about money. Um, I had to. I had to. I had to or I could be I could find myself in that same situation as as my my dear grandma. And the older you become, like there are a lot of the gray divorces now, people in their 50s, 60s getting divorced. It, it can become even tougher for some of those women. Like now I, I can't even go out and earn an income maybe. Exactly. It The stakes only become higher the longer you are out of touch with your money and your financial situation. It is no longer a choice that women have about whether or not they want to become involved with the finances. With the average age of widowhood being 56, it's not, you know, if you will be alone, whether or not you get divorced, eventually you will be alone in your life. And so learning about money is now a must, not a nice to. The whole process is unbelievably overwhelming. Then you throw in you know, dollars and cents and uh, the women having to make decisions about their money that is going to impact them, not only one or two years down the line, but Steve, this is going to impact them for the rest of their entire lives. And dying old, poor, and alone is not the future anyone ever dreams of. So throughout the course of this podcast, you are going to help our listeners understand that they don't have to go it alone. They don't have to be in that place. They don't have to. There are many different support resources for women, both before, during, and after divorce. Over these next many years to come, we are going to be giving you many different resources from 
therapists to community groups to the top legal professionals, the best minds in the area of divorce and personal fulfillment and recovery. In fact, we we are going to be doing this every other week. And so if you are a woman that is thinking about going through or have been divorced and know that your money life could be better, that you could know more than what you know now, if you have questions about how to recover and get through your divorce as whole as possible, legally, financially, and mentally, you are definitely in the right spot. And our podcast through Divorce Source Radio reach people all over the world. Are you able to help people beyond your local state? Yes, we actually have clients all over the world. If you could imagine clients we haven't even met, Shanghai, Singapore, England, all over the United States. And what I say is the more exotic and beautiful a location, the more we want to work with you. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) right. Oh, boy. Well, I should be doing this podcast right now from a beach. Technology is there, Stacey. It is. In fact, let's just pretend that right now you're calling from the Bahamas with a margarita in your hand. Perfect. Perfect. And a perfect segue into your first guest. Why don't you tell us about her? There's, uh, yes, I definitely want to talk to you. We have a fantastic expert today, the founder of Harbor Light Coaching, Nazreen Maroud. She is a life and bereavement coach and the founder, as I mentioned, of Harbor Lights Coaching. Uh, she helps people increase their productivity, their income and satisfaction. I don't know about you. That sounds, that sounds me very good to me. Both income and satisfaction more in my life would be great. But she has a specialty that brings her to us um, that's really important, particularly for women who are going through the divorce, having a loss and dealing with loss. So she works with many clients who are going through the grieving process so that they can proactively find peace, make the changes they need so their lives are aligned with who they really are and what they want now. And she works with clients all over the world, just like we do. Some of those states include New York, California, and of course, around the world. Um, Now, I hope, Nazarene, I'm not going to embarrass you, but I think this is one of the (laughs) neatest things. You come to this profession uh, before being a coach, You have had an unbelievable career. In fact, spent 15 years working as a costumer for top Broadway stage shows, television, film. Mm -hmm. So if we've seen Beautiful, the Carol King musical, Monty Python, Spamalot, The Producers, Radio City, Christmas Spectacular, Madam Secretary, and the, The Fair, we have seen your work. You are fantastic. You live here in New York. You also are bi-coastal. You are over in San Francisco, too. You are definitely a woman who is not held down. You enjoy hiking, running, working with animals. And I have to tell you, I am so excited to introduce you here and be with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Stacey. What an introduction. I am thrilled to be here. So excited to be talking to you, talking to Steve, and and really, you know, hope that uh, all the podcast listeners out there get a lot of value out of today. I'm really excited. Thank you. 
Well, thank you. So we're going to go ahead and just jump right into this because uh, there's so much information that we want to get through. Uh, and the first question, before we really dive into your work, um, I wanted to just talk to you a little bit about what are some of, um, when you think back, some of your earliest memories of, of money? Is there any money memory that you might have that has shaped your feelings or shaped your attitudes towards money today? Well, you know, I thought a lot about this. Um, and, you know, my, my relationship to money is, or, or people's relationship to money is actually something I talk to people a lot about. And thinking back to my own childhood, I will say, um, you know, my similar to what what your, your grandmother experienced, not in the sense that my parents had a... a, a, a abusive relationship but my dad was definitely the the breadwinner you know my dad was definitely the one that handled the money and there came a point in in my childhood where my mom had to start sort of the budgeting and and making sure taking care of the household income uh and she wasn't very good at it Honestly, I mean, it, you know, she she was stressed out about it. She, you know, she worried a lot about money. There was a lot of anxiety about money in my in my youth, in my childhood. Um, and so I learned that I, I needed to relate to money in a certain way, you know, and it took me a long time to, to reestablish a, a healthier relationship with money. But I definitely, um, you know, I, I saw the anxiety. I saw the, the fear around knowing what how much money we had, how much we could spend, what we were spending it on, you know, and so. So it became really clear um, to me that for for a long time that I, I didn't have a good relationship with money as a result mm-hmm. of that, and just sort of watching my mom struggle with finances and and you know knowing that um, what we were spending our money on was essential, basically. Um, so yeah, so I, I really had to do a little bit of reflection, do a little bit of work with my own coach to talk about how I can shift my relationship to money so that I do feel like, you know, many of your clients do, so more empowered, more educated, more comfortable in talking about our finances and, and how to build our finances so that we are creating that retirement fund, we are creating the security that we need moving forward. And Nazreen, I mean, I, I appreciate you sharing that you've had to work on your relationship with money because I'm, I'm right there with you too. Um, is, is your work with your coach and, and helping you kind of move forward? Did that prompt you into becoming a coach yourself? How did you get into (laughs) this work? Because it's so powerful and it's definitely, a it is a business of helping others. It's all about supporting others. So, how did you decide to to take a a big leap into this profession? Thanks. Thanks for saying that. I I love helping people. And actually, I love people in general. I mean, that was, um, you know, you, you gave me this wonderful introduction and and talked about my my previous career working as a, a costumer on Broadway in television and film. And I, I've been very fortunate. I you know I spent um, a number of years working backstage, um, being that support system for my actors, really helping them um, not just get dressed and undressed for the show, but really helping them sort of deal with the with the ups and downs of life you know mm-hmm. and and um and i realized you know while i was doing that i loved the work that i did i loved connecting with people i loved supporting people but the rest of the job i found um maybe not quite what i wanted to do forever you know i yeah i i after a while i was like I, i'd like some nights and weekends in my life again you know i'd like to, a different schedule and, and really i just more than anything it was it was about working with people directly in a way that i felt like i was making an impact and that was limited because i was doing other 
other things. I had other responsibilities as a costumer. And so I couldn't focus solely on what I wanted to do. Um, and basically what happened, you know, my story is um, after a number of years working as a costumer um, and feeling not quite satisfied enough or not quite that this was the right career for me, um, I moved to San Francisco. I was exploring some other other opportunities, other work, and um, my sister passed away very suddenly um, mm. at the end of 2013. Uh, she was 37, you know, and it was a complete shock to my whole family. Um, so I instantly, uh, I moved back to New York because my my real support system was here in the, in New York, and so I moved back and. Um, and struggled for a long time. You know, I, yeah. I started working on Broadway again and very quickly realized that this was not going to work. You know, like I, so too much in my life had changed. I had changed. You know, my priorities yeah. were different. And I really, I saw life differently after that. You know, I, I saw the... Um, the impact of not saying what what I needed to say, I saw and felt the impact of not um, really making sure that I was connected and um, doing the work that I love, you know, and and connecting with people in the way that I really wanted to. And I'd met some life coaches out in San Francisco and and never really fully understood what they did. So when I moved back to New York and I was working on Broadway, I, you know, I was um, just confused. I was confused about what to do next, where to go, how to move forward, and, and and start to feel better and so I ended up hiring a life coach um, I, I literally just googled life coaches NYC and and found one that whose website I really connected with we met in person and she gave me an hour-long session a complimentary session and before the end of it I was like oh my gosh this is what I've always wanted to do and just never knew what it was called you know, and mm-hmm. so yeah. I literally the next day I signed up for a really intensive uh, year long training program with accomplishment coaching. And then throughout the year, I found out about grief coaching. Um, it's a, it's still a, a sort of in it, an industry that's in its infancy. And but I worked with a grief coach uh, and she was tremendous. I mean, I can't tell you the difference that she made for me in terms of my own grieving process, being able to accept what's happened, you know, being able to say all the things I never got to say to my sister and really feel all of the feels, if you will. Um, But she helped me do it in such a way that I was still moving forward. You know, I was still making progress. I was still learning how to readjust to this new life and this new reality. And um, I knew, I knew after working with her that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people who had gone through any kind of a loss um, move forward, feel better and see, see how they could accept what's happened without without carrying the emotional uh, weight of it with them every single day. So, so yeah. we talk about, in, in coaching, we talk about getting emotionally complete, which we'll, we'll address a little bit later. But, um, you know, that really allows for um, a person who's gone through a divorce, who's gone through a loss, to be able to accept what's happened and not carry, again, carry that weight with them every day. Yeah, and I think, Nazreen, something that there's, there's a myth that grief comes after a death but divorce in many ways can be more devastating than a a death can you talk about what is the grieving process that you see women going through after the divorce and and what can they do to to become whole again be able to go forward and as you say you know not have to carry that with them for the rest of their life what can they do 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, grieving during uh, or after a divorce can in some ways be harder because that person is still there in your life, you know, and in some capacity, you may still have to interact with them, you know. And so I see a lot of women sort of falling into, um, to put simply, they're falling into sort of a victim mentality, you know, where um, something happened within the relationship and suddenly that they're, they're the victim, you know, that they're mm-hmm. um, at effect of what's happened to them and they don't know how to deal with it and they don't know how to move forward. And it becomes about, a lot about what the other person, what their ex did to them. And, you know, there's not a lot of power in that space. There's not a lot of freedom in that space. There's not a lot of room to heal because it becomes about blame. It becomes about... Um, about anger you know there's a lot of obviously a lot of different emotions and so what I do is I help women you know start to see how they can be more responsible you know not not in terms of like blame or what's what was done wrong or right but really just seeing how the over the course of the relationship what they did or didn't do that may have contributed to the to the end of the relationship and then we talk a lot about how to accept the end of the relationship and then we talk a lot about how to you know we talk about compassion we talk about forgiveness we talk again about that emotional completeness so that they can move forward without the anger without the frustration and um and it gives them the again that that sense of power and you know so many of my clients tell me that after working with me they they feel more excited about life in general you know they're they're reclaiming their lives and they get to recreate their future you know because certainly there's a loss of of those um, you know unmet expectations and so we have to address all of that so that they when they're moving forward and starting fresh you know it it becomes something um, it becomes more about how to enjoy the rest of your life how to how to what it is that you want to create so that you can actually live into that exciting future. So what I'm hearing from you, Nazreen, is, you know, the energy level of, of vi- what we call here victimhood, um, that helping someone move beyond that to a higher level where they are more so taking ownership of their situation, not, you know, not necessarily being happy with the situation. I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone really being happy with the, with their process of, of going through divorce. But what I'm hearing from you is that that much more empowering situation of taking ownership is really one of the first steps to, starting to put one foot in front of another and work through that grief grief and eventually let it go. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I hold all of my clients as whole, perfect and complete. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so with me they they get to start to see themselves that way. And so they they recognize that yes, they can put one foot in front of the other. Yes, of course they can start to address their finances. Yes, of course they can start to address their living situation. Yes, of course they can handle all of the things that they're feeling and all the things they're going through. So it really is about empowering them and and supporting them as they, you know, go through the divorce process. Yeah. And have you seen any any mistakes or, or things that you see over and over again um, from women going through divorce and after? You know, uh, one of the biggest things that I've noticed with a lot of my clients, and this is this is sort of across the board with loss in general, is um, really like when we experience a loss, sort of all of our, um, our ability to take care of ourselves sort of falls away. 
you know, and so I've seen a lot of women, they, they sort of assume that the divorce process is going to just take a few minutes, you know, or, or a couple weeks and, and we're done, you know, and they don't, they don't really recognize that this is a, a marathon, right? Not a sprint. And so when we're, we're dealing with um, sort of an extended process like this, how can we take better care of ourselves? Like, how can we make sure that we're um, getting enough sleep, eating well, you know, exercising, meditating, doing whatever it is that they need to do for themselves so that they can process all their emotions, they can handle all of the ups and downs of divorce, all the back and forth that comes along with going through a divorce, and really still stay in that in that empowered place. So I see a lot of women sort of falling off of that um, you know, and not letting um, not letting their health and their well-being be the priority, and that's one thing that I work with them on. You know, because when you're grieving, that it's such an important part. You know, to help you feel better. If you feel better physically, it's going to support you in feeling better mentally, yeah. emotionally, and mm-hmm. so yeah. So that's one thing that I would say. Um, a lot of people seem to neglect, and I'm happy to to help them focus on it. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I find that with myself when when my life gets really tough when uh, I should be taking the best care of myself that's when I stop taking my vitamins that's when like all those things that are so important absolutely go out the window and mm-hmm. you know I look back and think oh my gosh that's the time when I of anything should have been getting to bed early and should have mm-hmm. been eating right um, mm-hmm. it's it's when we tend to just put ourselves last. Um, and, and with that, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of people make mistakes as well. Have you seen any of your, the women you've worked with make financial mistakes through the divorce process? And what does that look like? I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I I think I have had a client who hasn't made some sort of financial mistake. Um, Unfortunately, you know, and, and, and it's very common. I think one of the most common themes or trends I've seen is um, so, uh, retail therapy. You know, like a lot of people, again, when we're going through a loss, yeah. we want to feel better. And, you know, buying something is is a really good way to feel good for a few minutes, you know. And I see a lot of people who don't work with a financial advisor right away. And so they end up with this lump sum in their checking account. And they just sort of, you know, every every day, every week, it, they eat away at it until suddenly there's nothing left. And you see, I've seen people go through tremendous sums of money in just a few months. And, um, yeah, absolutely. And so I, I, you know, one of the first things I make sure to do with my clients is ask them about their financial health and who can I connect them with? You know, how, how are they taking care of themselves financially? How are they taking care of their kids? You know, how, what, what's their living situation? Are they, have they changed? Have they moved? You know, do we need to address any, any major financial uh, pitfalls right now? Because it is, it's, it's incredibly important and it's incredibly tempting to let that money sit in a savings account or a checking account and then just slow you know over time start without even realizing it starting to eat away at that money and you know that that's a lot of money that we could be using towards um, retirement towards our yep. kids futures you know their college funds you know all that kind of stuff and so I really I've seen a lot of women start you know 
go towards or tend towards retail therapy and I really have to um, you know do my best to warn them and to, to kind of let them know that that's not the best way to handle their finances and though yeah. they're feeling frustrated or sad or, or um, just drained right now that that's one of the best ways they can help themselves feel better is making sure again to empower them around their money making sure that they're educated you know having a resource like you you know to, to be able to educate them more to be able to guide them and, and let them really see what their options are yeah Nazreen I know it's um it's really interesting in from from where we sit to see women go through this journey and I will tell you that post-divorce for women I it's actually even more important than our male counterparts on having a handle on our money because often for many women, they were not the high earners. They were not necessarily the ones um, bringing in a lot of this money. And so this pot of money that they have now has even more importance because it has to last us for the rest of our life. And when we say the rest of our life, we're talking about till out till age 95. Mm-hmm. So having that money sit in, in a checking account is is almost like, Knowing that knowing that your house has termites and not getting an exterminator, mm-hmm. eventually the house is going to be gone. It's Absolutely. going to be gone. And who wants to be surrounded by termites? But I, I really I liken leaving money in your checking account in similar to having termites eat away at it. Mm-hmm. And that money, it has to work hard for you. And and I don't care if you have you know, 500,000, 500,000 or, or five or, or even 15 million, that money has that much more importance for women because it's often all we're ever going to have. Absolutely. So Absolutely. are there any women that you can think of favorite clients you've worked with or, or women that you felt like came to you and and then walked away with just kind of that model of success that you hope for all your clients. Mm. Sure, I, I'm happy to share. So I, I I won't share too much for confidentiality purposes, but um, I did have a client who um, after about, I think it was 20, 22 or 23 years of, of marriage, she got a divorce and um, she you know, similar to what you were just saying, she was not the main breadwinner, you know, and mm-hmm. her husband was, um, was, uh, successful in his career. You know, they had three children together. They were all adults at that point. And, um, you know, they had done well, but throughout the divorce, you know, she, she basically didn't end up with as much as she had expected. And, um, she was, you know, frustrated with a lot of things about the divorce you know and and at the same time she was frustrated within her career she wasn't feeling fully satisfied you know she had to move into a new home and so she, there were a lot of issues about um, not just you know unpacking and organizing but like you know there are some things that needed to happen to the home and so we, we had a lot to work on you know and um, first first thing I did was you know we got her um, we got her to a point where she could, you know, function normally. She was getting out of bed every day. She was uh, moving about her life in 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 more or less a, a normal fashion. And then we got her with a financial advisor um, who could help support her in figuring out what her 
what to do with her assets, what to do with the um, the money that she did receive, how to how to extend that, you know, so that she was able to. Because, like you said, like that was what she was going to have, and you know, she was in her early fifties at that point, and so there was a a definite um, urgency around her retirement fund, and so she, you know, she really needed somebody who could focus with her on the best things to do with her assets, the best ways to manage her money, so that she was saving for her future, able to do the the remodeling and the things that needed to happen on her new home and she was able to still you know support her children moving forward um and once we had that settled we took a look at her um at her career and you know she was um she was a director of a, of a school and um and so we and, and you know she was looking to start something new and so we got her um enough people in her you know basically we got her to delegate all most of her responsibilities making sure that the school could run not without her necessarily but that the school could run smoothly even if she wasn't there for a day or two or, or a week or so at a time and so once we were able to organize that, um, then we could start talking about her new career and like what it was that she wanted because suddenly, you know, after we processed the loss, after we'd gone through a lot of the, the emotions, you know, she, she again had that sort of renewed sense of, of, you know, adventure in her life and, and what it was that she wanted to do. So we started looking at different careers that she was interested in and started to pursue something else. Uh, and lastly, um, you know, it, it took a while, but eventually she was ready to start dating again. And, you know, she, we, we talked about it after after, um, after we stopped working together and she shared with me how excited she was about dating because suddenly, you know, in this new um, new chapter in her life, she was so much more um, empowered as a woman, you know, mm-hmm. in her femininity. Mm-hmm. And she was dating men who were celebrating her femininity and appreciating her power and like really like responding to this new energy that she had as a sexy, powerful woman that she never got from her husband. That's amazing. It was so exciting to to hear, you know, the sort of the the after effects of working together and and what she got, um, you know, even a few months or, yeah, I think think four or five months after we stopped working together. So it was great. That's great. That's great. Really powerful. And, you know, just seeing, seeing, and I, I hope also all of our listeners in hearing this, there is a life after there is a life after a financially ever after and i you know i'd love to hear love to hear from you you know what's your financially ever after oh my gosh um well, you know, I, I really enjoy travel. I'm, it's one of my favorite things to do. That's partially why I'm bi-coastal is so that I get to, to have the best of both New York and San Francisco. And, um, you know, I, um, I'm i actually working towards um, buying property here in New York. Eventually, I'd like to own property overseas as well. And, and um, you know, my ideal, my financially ever after would be having um, having enough that I was able, that I'm able to travel as much as I want, wherever I want. Um, you know, having the security of, of um, owning property in New York and um, owning property in San Francisco and um, and really being able to, to share, to, to give back, you know, whether it's through um, charities and donations, whether it's it's through um, the work that I do, whether it's through, um, you know, giving back to my friends and family. However, I, it is that I can also continue to support people that I would say that would be my my ever after. <laughs> that sounds absolutely amazing. And I know for so many women, um, after divorce, travel like you becomes a really big part of their life because a lot of times they just haven't 
they haven't had the support and the the freedom, the independence to do that. So it's it's very exciting to see. So I know we're wrapping up, but I, I want to make sure I have a few minutes to ask you, though, if there's anything else you, you want to share that we didn't ask that you can, you know, think about or tips you can give women who are grieving, who are, you know, really finding themselves in that place where they still feel like they're almost stuck in the mud, um, mm-hmm. you know, really difficult to move forward because the grief is is still holding them back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I... You know, one of the, one of the um, one of the things my a dear friend of mine once said to me that just stuck with me was, you know, birth is messy, birth is messy, and yeah. really, divorce is a process of rebirth in a way. You know what I mean? It is a process to to you know it's a shift in your life. You know, a complete transition, and you get to be reborn through that process. And so, you know, if we can start to talk about how. How, what that looks like, you know, what what is that transition, you know, gonna gonna require of you, and what is this new chapter of your life look like, you know, I mean, like, well, if we can start to to once we've dealt, you know, with the grief, definitely get support, definitely, you know, get get a lot of love from people in your life, but also get supported by somebody who knows about grief, who knows about loss, you know, and make sure that um, that you've addressed that. But then, you know, then we can talk about the juicy, exciting, adventurous new life chapter that you want to create, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Um, but really, I would say, I would say really like allowing for the mess, expecting that it's going to be messy, you know, expecting that it might take some time to heal. It might take some time to, to first of all, just to complete the divorce process, but then to, to actually heal from it. Right. And, um, and then, yeah, like once you're ready, like I, I want to support people in creating that new chapter. Um, yeah. And also, Mm -hmm. you know, again, kind of going back to the foundation, like make sure that you're taking care of yourself, give to yourself, be kind and compassionate, give yourself enough sleep, enough good food, you know, um, cut back on all the things that might cause uh, physical, you know, depression. And, um, and, you know, I actually, um, one of the, one of the things that I provide my clients with is, is a tracking sheet, a well-being tracking sheet. So people can actually like write in the daily things they on weekly and monthly things they want to do to actually track, you know, how they're taking care of themselves. And, uh, you know, using a tool like that can be really helpful, especially while you're grieving to make sure that you're just, you know, keeping that, that baseline there for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, almost it's it's like a recipe of sometimes when you don't feel like you have the bandwidth to to be able to do all these things. If you just have a recipe of, okay, today, this is what I'm supposed to do to take care of myself. And all right, I'll do that because this piece of paper is telling me to do that. And then I get to check it off um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. versus, you know, having to use that self-motivation, which, you know no one's going to have when they're right. when they're grieving absolutely wow. absolutely yeah uh, as much support as you can get whether that's through a tool you know a piece of paper a website a um, you know a podcast get it you know what i mean like give it to yourself it's it's yeah. so valuable and so important Nazarene, this was beyond my expectations <laughs> and i'm so honored to be able to have you with us um, for our very very first podcast of Financially Ever After. What a great first guest. I know, I know. Thank you. And it's great to have you here, Steve. Oh, thanks. How do we get a hold of uh, you if our listeners want to reach out? 
So um, people can can actually go to my website www.harborlightcoaching.com. Um, you know, and they can they can send me an email. Um, my first name Nestreen at harborlightcoaching.com. And actually, if um, I, have, I have a free gift for all the podcast listeners out there, so if you visit harborlightcoaching.com/everafter, uh, you can actually download that tracking sheet that I mentioned um, free of charge, and and uh, you know start to use it in your own life and figure out you know what what the foundation is for you and and be able to check it off every day with a smile awesome i love it hey and speaking of getting a hold of people stacy how do our listeners reach out to you well, we love to get to know our listeners, so please do reach out. And you can reach our website, francisfinancial.com. Give us a call, uh, 212-374-9008, or feel free to email me, and that's just Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at francisfinancial.com. Um, we are here for you, and we are able to also offer all of our listeners a free second opinion. And that second opinion is just like you would get a second opinion on uh, a knee surgery, which I have a knee surgery coming up. And yes, I did get a second opinion um, before I, I made sure I had the right surgeon. And you want to do the same thing also with your portfolio. So getting a second opinion is something that we offer. I think it's great. Gives you more insight into your portfolio, um, what tweaks could be made or if you know everything looks great gives you peace of mind knowing that you're on the right track all right and over the next weeks and months uh, we've got a podcast coming to our listeners every other week some of the other topics you'll be tackling we have a huge number of topics in the pipeline, uh, things that are must for you going forward. Everything from helping you overcome the top financial mistakes to understanding the legal process and how you can use it to your advantage, understanding everything you need to know about choosing the right divorce lawyer, the right uh, method of of divorce, whether it's mediation, arbitration, collaborative or litigation, and even areas as as important as you might expect mentally getting through the process so that you can make the best decisions possible. Because again, this is impacting the rest of your life. Right. And it doesn't matter where they're at in this journey. It could be it, contemplating it, divorce, during divorce, after divorce. You need this help forever you you do and it's I say it's like going to the gym um, you can't go to the gym once and expect to be in tip-top in a shape I, I to be honest I dream that 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 you could do that but we <laughs> know that that's just not that's not true it's the same thing with your finances you can't go to the financial gym once and expect to be able to go out there and and perform at your best finances are, are a piece of your life just as um, you know making sure of taking care of your health is a piece of your life and you have to continually think about it and so for women thinking about going through and after divorce for you you in particular, of all women, you are the ones where knowing about your money is most important because the highest number of women that are in poverty in their old age, guess what? All of them are divorced. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> That's a bummer. 
Um, Sorry we, to, to end on such a yeah, negative note. I, I was saying, Stacy, can we come up with No one wants to be eating cat food. No one wants to be eating cat food. I'll it's, tell you that. And you don't have to. You really don't have to. It's just, you know, it's just about getting smart about your money. And and uh, it, it's not as scary and frightening as, as you might think it might be. But Nazarene and Stacy, people are afraid of this, right? There's something with the financial aspect that it makes people fearful. And sometimes when you get really fearful, you just ignore and put things off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we call that the ostrich effect. And it's much easier to put your head in the sand and not worry about it. Um, but the problem with the ostrich effect is that eventually you do have to pull your head out of the sand and come up for air. And the problem's still there. And I, I will tell you, I was one of those women. I I would never, ever have imagined myself in this field dealing with finances and money. And the thing I have found is that it's actually not scary. And what what makes it not frightening is learning about it. It's learning about it. And if you think about anything in your life, you know, before you 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 did it, um, it probably was pretty frightening. You know, maybe even you know, when you think back to starting college. Um, but once you got there, you got comfortable, you got in your routine and you started you know, your career or your your you know track for your major. It wasn't nearly as frightening as that first day. All right. It's the same thing with money. I love the saying, do the thing you fear the most, and the death of fear is always certain. I love that. That's a good one, right? I, I mean, you have to go out there and do something. Brilliant. And I look forward to more shows every other week from Stacy Francis, Financially Ever After is the name of the program. Thanks for listening.